Welcome to the Rare Find Voices podcast. My name is Robin Koenig, and I'm the CEO and founder of Rare Find, the creator of the Disaster to Dream dating solution and the Rare Find Three Steps to Brilliance. But even more importantly, I'm a mom of four teenagers, a wife, a certified professional coach, and a public speaker. And I'm an expert at helping women use their gifts to take intentional action and get intentional results. I love challenging people to think differently, see things differently, and then do things differently to create powerful change in their life. Each week, I'll share my voice or bring forward another rarefying voice to help you uncover your gifts, step into that power, and allow your brilliance to shine through. Believe me, I know how it feels to struggle with feeling good enough, pretty enough, smart enough, successful enough, and deal with major life transitions such as getting married, getting divorced, going through a career change, and having kids. I've been through so many of the same things in my life journey, and I understand the pain as well as the steps that it takes to get through the messy stuff to the ultimate freedom and joy that you desire. This podcast is for you if you want to be more confident in your own skin, transform your mindset, and get out of your own way to be happy and free to live the life that you want. You know that you can, but you just don't know how. And it's hard and it's real, but it's your time to shine. You don't need to hide. All of those beautiful bits and pieces are who you are, the imperfections and all without the shame, the guilt, or the fear. If you're open and ready to transform and you want to show the world your greatest gifts, then keep listening. Today is the day you choose to make this commitment to yourself because you are a rare find. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Rare Find Voices podcast. I'm so happy you're listening today. This topic came to me actually as a specific request from a listener. So thank you for asking me to speak about something that you want to hear. So the topic today is all about dealing with heartbreak. Now, I love this topic because it's so relatable. Everyone, I mean, everyone has experienced it at some point in their life, right? I mean, if you haven't, please call me because I've never met anyone that hasn't been through heartbreak. Now, the degree of it or the severity can definitely differ, but no matter what, it sucks. It's hard. It's a break for a reason. It's, you know, they don't call it heart sore or heart kind of feels bad. You know, it's a heartbreak, a heartache. They write every other country song about it. And all of our favorite love stories usually involve a heartbreak of some kind. So I want you to think about it as how you would heal from a wound. Okay. So I remember, I remember when I was going through my divorce, I was feeling a lot of pressure from people to heal faster, you know, like as if that's something I could do on my own, you know, like I could magically take my wound and apply more medicine or some magical solution that was going to make it just heal faster, you know, do more to, you know, get through it or, you know, like there was some super speed mode on healing and grieving. It's a process. It is a process, people. So, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the science of the grieving process. There are a lot of um, charts and stages of grieving out there. You know, you can look online and you will pop up, you know, five stages or seven stages. There's shock, there's denial, 
anger, depression, acceptance. I mean, they're all valid and everybody experiences a different way. You go from the hurt of your loss to the adjustment of your loss, right? Or your grief, your wound. So think about it as riding a wave. You might go up a little at first and then you're going to go back down and then you're going to come back up again. And, you know, we want it to be simple. It would be so much easier if we just go, went from start to finish and, you know, don't have to deal with all the tough feelings part of it. But it's not a straight line and it's messy and it's unexpected. So it takes patience with yourself and awareness of where you are now without the pressure for tomorrow. And that's a really hard thing to do, you know, to give ourselves space and grace. Like it's okay to do that. So I was, I was chatting with a friend of mine recently and, you know, we were talking about a recent breakup that she was going through and it was really hard. And one of the things that she said to me was that, you know, she felt like that she should, and I want to emphasize that word should feel better by now. You know, it had been a few weeks and she was trying to go out and, you know, spend time with friends and do all of these things. And her close friends were, you know, telling her, hey, you know, come back to your old self and come join us and, you know, do fun things. And all she was feeling was this like self-judgment that she wasn't feeling better, that she didn't, she did want to go out, but she didn't really feel like it yet. And you know, so it was just an opportunity for her to stop and acknowledge the fact that that's okay. You know, she is still who she is and there will be the perfect opportunity, you know, for her to go out and spend time with friends and connect. But this is a process that she has to take at her own pace. And so what my point here is that if you're, if you're feeling, you know, that same sense of heartbreak, you are not alone. And What I want to emphasize is don't judge it. You know, if there are people coming at you and saying, it's time for you to move on, tell them that you're moving on to greater things and it is a process. You know, you can stand in that, allow people to hear you and respect the fact that you just might need a little bit of space and at the same time that you are moving through this process. Now, you know, if you're at home every night and you're, you know, digging into the ice cream and having those pity parties every day, you might need a good friend to come in and kind of smack you out of it. And that's totally acceptable. But if you just feel like that, that's what you need right now, then, then do that and don't judge it. But I want to give you some tips. I want to give you a few tips of how to look at things perhaps a little bit differently because that's something that I really like to help my clients and my listeners, you know, look at something a little bit differently to help inspire you to feel and act differently, right? Change, change the game a little bit for yourself. So here are four tips for you to move forward through a heartbreak. And I say through it because you're not going to necessarily move past it. You are going to, you're going to slice through this and you're going to get through it and you're going to come out on the other side, um, definitely in a different place, which is important. So tip number one, don't apologize. And, you know, we're trained, especially as women to be sorry when we're feeling something, 
And that's just, that's just truth. And, and I know that there are a lot of women out there that feel the same way that, you know, we emotions or something that we, you know, maybe don't do as well, or we have this feeling, this sense of, you know, gosh, I'm not doing that so well, or, um, I haven't met the standards of what people are expecting from me. So we apologize. And so when you're going through a breakup, right, you want to let people know, like, it's okay that you're not feeling awesome. You don't have to apologize for that. So I have a, I have a a phrase or it's kind of a combination of phrases and, um, that I like to use when I'm feeling pressure to apologize. So think about something that, um, maybe you're a little bit self-conscious about, you know, you can use the breakup, for example, I like to use um, a messy house as my example, because Lord knows that in my life with all of things going on for teenagers and just busy stuff, my house is not always the cleanest, the most organized. It's a little bit chaotic and you know, we love our chaos. So when somebody stops by the, my first instinct is to apologize. I'm so sorry. My house is a mess. So I want you to think about what you would apologize for. And the very first thing I want you to say is, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry that my house is a mess. And then you're going to sandwich it, right? So the meat of the sandwich, your bread is I'm not sorry. The meat of the sandwich is whatever it is that you're feeling self-conscious about. And then you're going to put another piece of bread on the other side and sandwich it. And by saying, thank you for understanding. So I'll put it all together for you. Somebody comes to my house. It's kind of messy. And my first instinct is to apologize. What I'm going to say is, I'm not sorry that my house is a mess and thank you for understanding. And it takes a little bit of practice and maybe you think it's a little quirky and weird, but hey, that's, that's what I'm all about. And I'm not sorry for being a little quirky and weird and thank you for understanding. <laughs> but I want you to consider this, this notion of removing your instinct to apologize when you're going through something that's really tough and you feel like there might be judgment around it. Take that stance. Don't be sorry for it. And thank people. That's the biggest part. Thank people for understanding. And they will appreciate that too. So that's the first tip. The second tip is with anything that's difficult, there is always a lesson, you know? And I know I probably sound like, you know, your mom, your grandma saying something like that. Like there's always a lesson in something that you go through that's hard. And it's true, right? But here's your opportunity to find it and dig deep. And so for me, it was the power of health and wellness. So I didn't realize the impact of stress and grief on my body when I was going through the biggest heartbreak I've ever been through, my divorce. When I was going through that, I remember sitting on the kitchen floor crying, you know, just it had been an extremely emotional process and I was feeling sick to my stomach. I was actually really scared about the physical ramifications that this was having. And I remember distinctly realizing that I had two paths in front of me to choose from. And one path was go down the dark path, you know, go into, you know, full on depression, go into substance abuse, you know, drink, what have you, food binging, you know, detachment from family and friends, shut everybody out, you know, go down that dark road. And that, that is a place that would feel 
potentially good for our time frame. It would feel comforting, perhaps. You know, there were all these reasons why that road looked good to me. And I started to think about my four-year-old little boy. You know, my son was four years old and what he needed from me. And seeing the other side, the other path, was a place that I had not ever really gone before. I'd not ever really ventured into health and wellness. You know, I didn't grow up with that as something that I was excited about or passionate about. I hadn't played sports really, not much. Um, And what I realized is that I was excited about that path. I was excited to feel better. I was excited to learn and I was excited to see how my body and my mind could change and shift. And it did. And, and, That's a story for a whole nother podcast. But what I realized is that the lesson I was drawing from from this was that I could not stay where I was and heal myself emotionally without tapping into the physical healing as well. And I needed that. And that was really big for me. And it has taken me now on a journey, gosh, 15 years later, to realize so many things that are so powerful in my life around health and wellness. It was a tremendous change for me. So that's my second tip. And I want to also give you a really good resource um, because I do love resources, personal development. And one of them is a book by uh, Spencer Johnson. He wrote a great book called Peaks and Valleys. Um, he is the author of Who Moved My Cheese, The One Minute Manager. is one of my all-time favorites. And Peaks and Valleys is really powerful. And it's literally will take you an hour to read. It's a fantastic story. But what it really outlines is that, you know, those valleys, they're not necessarily a bad place to be. And the top of the mountain doesn't always give you the best view. So the pain in that valley can wake you up to a truth that you've been ignoring. And that in itself is going to inspire learning and growth. And you can take that to the next level. You can use it to then journal. You can use it to, you know, reflect, you know, go on those long walks. And that could, again, take you out of this, you know, this cycle that may be leading you down that darker path to open you up to the idea that there's a lesson here. What is it? Find it. And then really take an opportunity to step forward and do something even more spectacular. So that's, that's tip number two. Now, tip number three is kind of similar to, you know, what we we're talking about as far as other people and, and judgment is trying to shut out the outside voices and what they're telling you to do. So some of those outside voices are going to be friends and family, and some of them are going to be yourself. You're that, that gremlin, that little monster on your shoulder that's telling you, you know, that this sucks, that this hurts, right? It's negative and it's getting in the way of you recognizing that you have an opportunity to get your mindset back to a place of self-love. So if you focus on you and, and focus on the mindset that you are worth it, that you are able to do this, right? There is strength and power in you to be able to move past this, then 
you can start to reframe and change those voices in your head. So, you know, you might not be doing a whole lot of this right now because energetically, you know, you're in that valley. You're in the dark place and you're in that hole that's saying, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. All of these things. So it's time to change the tune in your head. And I want you to think about developing a self-love routine or a mantra. And I say mine all the time. And I say it on my podcast and I say it in my workshops and in my talks, but it works. So my self-love, self-motivating self-talk is three sentences. I believe I can, I believe I will, and I believe I am. And that, that is powerful for me. That is like rocket fuel. And so I want you to think about how you can change the tune in your head, redevelop the self-love routine, and focus on you and your mindset to get you back into a place where you know that you are worth it to make this difficult journey back to a place of self-love, okay? Now, the last one, the fourth tip, is about nurturing. So I want you to think about the things that you really enjoy and nurturing something that you enjoy. We forget during these hard times that we actually have joy doing certain things. You know, maybe it got lost in the mix. You know, I, I like to say it's, like, it's in, the, in the rubble of whatever is broken. And that is super common. That happens all the time. We just, we lose sight of ourselves or the things that we enjoy. And, you know, so when you go, when you're going through this process of healing, you know, now is the perfect time to bring this back to your life. So maybe it's a creative outlet. Maybe it's, you know, cooking or reading or seeing friends that you haven't seen in a while. Nurturing is all about caring and encouragement. You know, it's not aggressive. It's kind it's attentive, you know, build that picture in your head. It's protective. It, it promotes advancement and growth. So, you know, taking that opportunity to first have some of those ideas in your mind about what it is that you love to do. And in that same vein, when I was going through my heartbreak, I remember getting back to my love of cooking. And I had not done it for a long time. I mean, I had, you know, being a busy single mom, I, I just, I hadn't really done that for myself and, and for my son. And so, you know, as a kid growing up, my mom cooked all the time. And I loved that. It always made me feel safe and comfortable and happy. So much joy. And I'm a, by the way, I'm, I'm not a great recipe follower. <laughs> I'm a fantastic experimental cook. So, but that brings me so much joy. And so, you know, dive deep into something, nurture it, you know, bring it back to life for yourself and really put a focus on that. So now that you have some ideas, you know, have a plan, have a plan that is going to allow you to take it a day at a time, but be intentional about the ways that you're more aware and that you care for yourself. You may not have planned for this to happen in your life, but you can definitely choose how you want to respond to it. Heartbreak changes people. That is for sure. But I'll quote Marilyn Monroe. Sometimes good things fall apart so that better things can fall together. So a quick review 
I gave you four tips. I want you to really see if you can apply these in your process of going through your heartbreak. Don't apologize. Dig deep and find the lesson. Focus on you and a positive mindset and be intentional and nurture what brings you joy. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for choosing to listen and share this with your friends. If you want more help with dating or finding love, getting through the tough stuff in relationships, that is my forte. That is my jam. That is my specialty. And I am so happy to connect. So please reach out to me directly. You can find me on email, robin, R-O-B-Y-N, at rarefine.co, not .com. My website is rarefine.co. And on Instagram, you can find me at rarefind underscore love. So subscribe, share, comment, leave me a review. And thank you so much for joining me with love and laughter. Have an awesome day.